Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, September 16th, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Evening of Solutions for a New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect the prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. APP is membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. And uh, APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation at albertaprosperityproject.com. And we also have merchandise just like this APP shirt. We have that online at the APP store, uh, albertaprosperitystore.com, and you can buy that stuff as well as great coffee mugs. And the thing that I just found out that they actually had is a cell phone cover. I've got a cell phone cover like that, that, uh, you know, you're always popping out your cell phone. And when you're at the supermarket, people will see that and they may even ask you a question. I know they certainly ask it about the, uh, the t-shirt that I wear. And another thing that I would like you to do a little housekeeping here is please register for the petition to establish Alberta's independence page. And you can go to bit.ly slash abvoteyes. And I'll put that up on here too. And we'll let that scroll along the bottom or right there. And uh, so due to the new Canadian censorship laws and unable to show news links and online content, we do ask that you share, share, share this episode. And it's very exciting. I'm really looking forward to this one. Tonight's episode is called Unschooling Our Kids and Rejecting Indoctrination. And I will be joined by Tasha Fishman, who is an unschooling coach. And a little bit later, we're going to be bringing Christopher Scott, who is the CEO of APP, on as well. Now, I'm expecting tonight's webinar to be a bit controversial, and I'd like to remind viewers that we do our best to educate Albertans, and this particular topic happens to be a very hot topic since we all want to protect our children. This is a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question so it will be flagged and we can quickly view the questions. And with that, I'm going to have that scrolling along the bottom. And I'm going to bring Tasha on right now. Hello, Tasha. Hey, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Summer's been good for you. It has. It's been a pretty good summer. Yeah, if you're in school, great. if you're in schooling kids, do you school your kids all through the year, or do you actually take a summer break? That's a good. You question. know, it's funny because I'm going into my fourth year doing this, and okay. you know, my my 12 year old just turned 13 year old finished. Um, half the curriculum, he decided he just wanted to do grade seven algebra, pre grade eight pre-algebra. And, okay. you know, I thought this is the only kid I know that would be doing algebra in the middle of summer. <laughs> but that's what happens when you actually let go of the reins and let them choose what they want to do. And it's a huge, Absolutely. Know. it's a huge uh, psychological leap for most people. It certainly was for me. But yeah. now going into the fourth year, it's smooth sailing. And so, uh, yeah, so we're learning all the time. We're lifelong learners, you know, awesome. for, throughout the year. There's no breaks and stops and stuff like that. It's So I, I'm sure our, our viewers want to know, uh, who is Tasha and how did she get involved in this? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a story. So yeah. um, to be brief, uh, 
like many of your viewers probably, I had an abrupt awakening to the world around us back in 2020. So for me, I actually bought the whole narrative hook, line and sinker the first mm -hmm. few weeks. Yeah. I would say the first three <laughs> weeks, but I did start seeing some people start posting things that were contra narrative. I had a few people send me some things that kind of blew my mind. Um, I was so unconspiratorial, just to give you an idea, that I was actually using our company to donate and make masks and distribute the PPE throughout the city through people that were donating fabric and their time to make them. And I was on all the mainstream media outlets actually doing this. Like that's how I, I am not going to judge you because I think each and every one of us save maybe a handful of people did that right at the beginning, right? Yeah. You know, there was that that two weeks. Uh, I was actually away in um, in New Orleans at a trade show, and it was New Orleans, Memphis, and uh, uh, Nashville. And uh, I went from a really busy Bourbon Street to an absolutely dead Beale Street. And uh, Justin Trudeau told us to come home, so we didn't even make it to Nashville. Came home, was barricaded for two weeks. Wow. could only watch Netflix. We all have that same story, right? Mm -hmm. But it is amazing how people, uh, you know, begin to wake up and question what's been going on and, uh, and, and really what, where, what we can do from here on in. Right. So. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that was, um, yeah, I started to back out of that initiative slowly when we didn't go back to work after the two yeah. weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I basically feel like I had a spiritual awakening because mm -hmm. the first time I would say May 2020, I posted something questionable on social media, basically just asking questions because things were starting. To, we were starting to see some censorship. And mm -hmm. it was mostly around uh, one of the MPs in the Parliament of Italy who was calling out Monsanto, Bill Gates for crimes against humanity and yeah. saying that this was a hoax. And we had seen so much going on with Italy, right? Yeah. Italy was the hot spot. Everybody was dying apparently. So um, everyone booed her. And so I reposted this and it got taken down from Facebook. And I mean, this is, I mean, this is so archaic, right? Because yeah. everything's always taken down and I'm completely censored now on so many levels, but back really? then it was the first time. So yeah. I was so angry and I was like, Facebook, took down my post. And so of course me questioning the narrative about COVID, I was met with such hate and vitriol by friends, family, acquaintances, business. I it, it like threw me in this line of fire. It was like, I didn't realize it was a rite of passage that many of us have gone through by actually sticking our necks out when it wasn't cool and actually standing up for, um, you know, rights and freedoms, yeah. but doing so completely changed my life. So. Mm -hmm. That was back in 2020. And so I knew that I could not send my kids back to school in the fall. Everybody was so excited because we were all on the lockdown doing the homeschooling, yeah. which just by the way, so everybody knows, I never thought I would homeschool my kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was not, I was a working, loving mom. Like I love my free time. I love working with my husband, our family business. Like there's no way I even questioned the schools. It was literally which school do they go to, right? private school, public school, that was like the degree to which I questioned the education system. I fully yeah. trusted just like most of us, right? So I knew I couldn't send them back into an environment of hysteria. Like in my mind, I'm sure there was going to be some good teachers, but I also knew there were going to be some that were in full-blown fear and paralysis with their mask yeah. wearing, their social distancing, yelling at the kids. And I was like, there's no way. So, yes. you know, Tony Robbins was my coach back in the day. And he always used to say, you have to burn the boats to get to the island. 
So that's basically what I did. I just convinced my husband, can, can you like give me a year, give me one year. Okay. And he said, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, you're going to lose your mind. And yeah. I said, no, I'm going to take off to our cabin and I'm just going to go do this. And I'm going to go buy all the homeschool stuff. I'm going to make the kitchen into like a, a classroom and they love their mom. So it's just going to be perfect. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and it's just going to be great. And it was rose colored glasses. There. Yeah. Yeah. So we got through the summer and yeah, everybody yeah. was pushing their kids back on the school bus, like, like mad. They were so excited, right? Because they yeah. just had them for three or four or five months and people yeah, were like, get yeah. on that bus. So I was the opposite and I felt really alone, but that was fine. So I go back, I, I sit with the kids. I think it was like three days in and I was like, what have I done? What have I done? And I've convinced everybody this is going to be great, including myself. And it was an epic fail. They didn't want to do any other work at the oh, table. No. And I was oh. like, why don't you love me? You did this with your teachers for like years. Like, oh my gosh. So it goes from like, bribery to coercion to yelling to you know i mean all of the things so luckily for me i fell upon kelly brogan who was on biden's uh dirty dozen list for misinformation so i knew she was one i needed to follow dr kelly brogan a holistic psychiatrist she was interviewing dana martin who is the founder of radical unschooling and i was like what is unschooling and all i knew was in the middle of the interview just like this carrie she said to Dana, Dana said to uh, to um, her, I live with my crew and if one of them needs me, I'm just gonna have to pause you and then I'll come back during okay. the middle of the interview. And yeah. I was like, what? Did she just, <laughs> did she just garner that kind of respect for her children in the middle of an interview? Because we have been conditioned through COVID. I mean, I was working from home 11 hours a day with a husband with yeah. all these kids and you're like, shh, Foods in the fridge. Don't come in. Mommy's got this, right? And so, anyway, just to say it was a vibration. It was like this aha moment of, I don't know what that is, but I want more of that. Yeah. I want more of that. And so that's kind of what led me down um, the road to unschooling. Yeah. And it was saved me for sure. And it's completely changed the way I parent, how I connect with children, how I view them, how I advocate for them. It's completely changed my wow. life. Yeah. But at the same time, I also found out the dark side of compulsory schooling. And then from there, yeah, you know, and I ended up going to the convoy for five weeks too. I met Chris okay. there. That's yeah. how I met him. So, okay. awesome. yeah. so that just gives you kind of a sense how I went from this unconspiratorial business owning regular yeah. mom schlepping her kids on the bus to yeah. what a year and a half later, two and a half years later, I'm in Ottawa with a bunch yeah. of strangers who've become yeah. my best friends today. And, um, and of course, doing that and doing it publicly <laughs> and having a publicness and all the things, um, there's no going back to my old life. So no, I agree. Yeah. You know, I had to create something new and unschooling was definitely the way. But like I said, it brought me to, it was like COVID was the appetizer yeah. and the school stuff is the entree. Like it's one of the entrees. It's a, do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. we're in COVID 2.0 with what's going on with the schools right now. Because yeah. I know that my friends that are pre-2020 that don't talk to me anymore and think that I'm crazy, I know that they're like, look at her. She's so loud and obnoxious. First she's with the truckers. Now she's standing for the kids. Like I know people that are, are sleeping are thinking that, right? And if I was sleeping, I'd probably be thinking that too. Like why is she so angry and loud all the time? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really not that angry. But yeah. I even 
I even posted uh, just on, even on my own personal page that if anybody, uh, and I know a, a few teachers, I know a few people who are admin at uh, schools, I'm hoping that they're able to jump on or if they're not live, then at least come on and take a look at this after because I, you know, 100% on, on, on what you're saying, Tasha, but I also like to hear what's actually happening in the schools that they're saying. Right, because we're going to get into a couple of the hot topics here. We're going to get into SOGI and uh, uh, diversity and equity and all that sort of stuff. Because um, the only way that we know that that is actually going on is to hear from the people that are in the schools. And what I ended up doing this past summer or this past uh, spring is I actually ran as an MLA. I ran as an MLA and specifically so that I could actually go into schools and go into retirement homes, places that if I went in and tried to talk about the APP message of an independent or a sovereign Alberta in Canada, external to Canada, et cetera, they would look at me like I had a third eye and say, no, there's no way you're coming in. But when you're in an election, you could pretty much go almost anywhere because you have the right as a politician to go in and, and speak your views. So that's kind of why I did that soapbox thing. And I went in and wow, there were, I spoke in a couple of classrooms um, and, and about masks and, and about that. And, and I couldn't believe how indoctrinated they were because they're told this over and over and over again. And that's the problem is, is that if you're told something over and over and over again, you're not going to question it, especially when it's being told by, uh, by an elder or somebody that we respect. And, and I think that's the thing, even with, uh, with my own daughters who are, since in university it would have been nice had i had i basically told them you know one thing that you can do is not only be good and 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 uh, listen to your elders but if there's something that's out that you don't think is quite right question that mm. and uh, and that's that's a little nugget that I, I think i've learned over the last three years is is there if there's something that just doesn't feel right for you question it and uh, and that's kind of where I was with the with the schools and uh, and going in there and talking to the, the the students, and the students didn't question. They they accepted whatever the teacher said as as gospel. Yeah. Well, number one, I'm going to tell you, I've had hundreds of teachers reach out to me all over yeah. our nation and in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I need to be there. And and for a big part of the time when things started to go on, especially with Soji and all of the things coming up, you know, right. parents weren't even allowed to go in the schools. Let's not That's forget right. that. That is exactly <laughs> right. You are that, correct. And, and that still parents can't just freely go into the schools and go into the libraries and see what's going on. So, yeah. you know, we the triad that used to be um, teacher, student, and parent has been yeah. broken. Oh, and absolutely. parents have become the bad guy. So, um, but yeah, I am, um, what it was the last part that you said there, we were talking uh, about you going to school and then. And, and, and really, yeah, just, uh, you know, what, what you can actually talk about. Um, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Just, just being in the school, I'm going to just back up just a little bit here and maybe we'll get back on track here. Um, I was, I used to work for the Canadian military. I used to be a contractor. I used to be a software engineer. I, I used graphic designer. I used to be all these things. And then we had kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually decided, I guess my oldest was about three at the time. 
and uh, and said, uh, you know what, I'm going to end up. It, it cost wise, it didn't make any sense for us to to try and um, get um, uh, a nanny in or, or or after school care or anything like that. So I said, you know what, I'm going to end up just staying at home, working part time from home, and raising the kids. And I'm I'm so glad I did that because I actually got to kind of grow up with the kids. And because of that, and I was a dad. I ended up going into the schools as a volunteer parent. Mm -hmm. And you can well imagine at that time, even the early 2000s, there wasn't a lot of dads that would be going in and volunteering. As a matter of fact, there were many, many uh, classes where we would either go into class or we would end up uh, going on field trips. And I was the only dad, literally the only dad. And uh, and and it gave me a, a, a better sense of... Um, I don't know what uh, what kids really need at that that point. And again, parents could go into schools. There was no there was no question. You could go in and knock on the principal's office door and have a conversation with them. And now we jump ahead twenty years, and especially like you said during during the COVID lockdown, it was like parents are just not allowed. And and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit more about that. But during that there were certain things that were happening in the classrooms. There were flags going up in the classrooms, all this stuff that we didn't really know about because we weren't allowed to go back into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming to light as to what the, what the issues were with, with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, to really understand what's going on here, we have to take a bird's eye view and a little bit of a historical perspective and understand mm -hmm. the roots of compulsory schooling. Yeah. So I had no idea. I mean, I think we were all taught the same thing kids were on farms and there was slave labor and the government rescued them and created public schooling for the benefit of the in society to make, you know, good citizens, right? Like that's what you thought. Yeah. But actually when you start really researching the, the roots of it and the history, it's actually quite dark because you see that people, there were actually like shootouts in the, in, in the States between families and government of them taking their kids yeah. off of their land. And I mean, that sounds all too familiar when you start actually researching beyond the textbooks that government public schoolings and universities give to you, right? Or yeah. maybe even getting off Google. So what I came to find, and which was true for me as well, like you had just mentioned, people, and when you went into the classrooms, the kids won't ask questions, nobody does. And the, the, the teachers are indoctrinating because you're asking them, it's like asking asking a fish to describe water, okay? Mm -hmm. These yeah. people, most of them, and there's some great teachers out there, but by now, oh, if, they haven't left, if they haven't left the system, yeah. they're either planning to, and they're going to homeschool their own kids because they reach out to me, these ones, or they have their blinders on, or they're under paycheck mind control. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that they're not good people and they don't have great sides to them. But if you've managed to get through the last three and a half, four years through COVID and you went through the whole mask stuff and the vac stuff and all of these things, and now you're into the SOGI stuff and you're still remaining quiet, you are still under the spell or, you know, and, I, and as far as I'm concerned, we're in a pandemic of cowardice in this country. So mm. there's obviously some great leaders out there like yourself and other people, but really that's, we, we have to get to that tipping point. Yeah. So school really does create reflexive, obedient followers. So when we start to understand the roots of it, the foundation of it, and that the people that were behind creating like business and industry and governments who actually created the foundations of public school are the same ruling class elite families, the Rothschilds, the Rothbergs, the yeah, JP yeah. Morgans. When you start understanding that these are the same people behind pharma, behind the big 
technocracies, BlackRock and Vanguard, and that they own 98% of the world's resources and they actually have an agenda for the human farm. And you yeah. understand that their kids don't go to public school and there's a reason for that, that the elites have a different school because you have, that is true. You have the herd, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you have the ones that manage the herd and that's yeah. how they've set this up, right? So there's lots of great books out there. I have lots of resources on my uh, website for people to go down this. Anything that I say has context and has citations to it. So I'm not just saying stuff out of opinion. That's Although, right. yeah, so you can go onto there and see that. But to really understand what's going on right now, okay? This has been going on for a long time. This Soji stuff has been going on for a long time. We have to go even further than that. Like, Carrie, what are the chances that the states and Canada both have sex ed curriculum that was developed and pursued and pushed through their parliament and their school boards by a pedophile? Really? Like, what are the chances of that? Doesn't that seem odd to you? That would be like a 0% chance. It should be. But it's <laughs> but not. It so is. Most wow. people don't know. And you can do a quick Google search, even on Google, in the National Post and find that Ben Levin, who was the deputy minister for Kathleen Wynne back in 2015, is one of the people responsible for pushing the SOGI curriculum as a pilot project in Ontario to start off with. It always starts out as pilot projects. And then yeah. now it's across the entire nation. Yeah. Pushed it through Parliament. And he's a convicted pedophile afterwards. He went wow. to jail for two and a half years out yeah. of the three for producing child pornography. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. You could call that a one-off, except yeah. that psychologists have looked at the SOGI curriculum and said that it is grooming material. There were yeah. protests, protests outside the courtroom that were yeah. not covered extensively, of course, because we understand our state-funded media. Yeah. yeah. And then you have, when you look at the comprehensive sexual ed in the United States, which isn't, is no different. Yeah. It was, it's based on predatory self-serving data from Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey too was a pedophile and used data based on children who were molested uh, by pedophiles. It, it just, I'm just going to give you like the Coles notes. You guys can do your own research. John Money, John Money is the first scientist to uh, coined the term gender gender identity. He's the first gentleman, I won't call him a gentleman, the first guy to actually say that this was a thing and that gender was a social construct. This guy was a pedophile. He lied about his experiment with the twins when he changed, the, when he did the first sex operation, he lied about it. And when the twins came out, they were suicidal. They said this was absolute horror. They had to, the one that got changed to a girl went back to being a boy they end up dead within a year after coming public with that wow. one committed suicide and one had a drug overdose. Wow. So, I mean, you have to go back historically and say like, how did this happen? And now what we're seeing now, guys, if we can agree, and I'm sure with your viewers, we can, that we have just witnessed the greatest medical psyop of all time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And our government is clearly complicit mm -hmm. and they are still covering it up today. And there are excess deaths happening all over the world. Yeah. Why would we trust these people to run our education system? Because, you know, there's a great saying, and I wouldn't say it's a great saying, but it's a famous one. He alone who owns the youth gains the future. That's right. Yes. And you know who said that? I think it was Hitler, wasn't it? It was Hitler.
So we have to understand and, and, you know, and I'm Jewish. Okay. And even like people in my Jewish community get upset when I make references because we're not supposed to speak or say his name, but listen, we don't have time for political correctness anymore. We are literally in a war, a war for the minds of our children and the bodies of our children who are being chemically castrated through a pharmaceutical and political agenda. It is being pushed by our current liberal government. Parental rights are, are being eroded through legislation. And there are seeds being planted through propaganda inside of our school system. And you mm. can't ask the teachers. The teachers know. I mean, a lot of them do know because they reach out to me and they share with me. They share with me letters from their union saying we will not tolerate any um, any hate any yeah. they call that's what they do right they call it the hate so um so that they can call you a bigot or a transphobe or a racist or whatever the rhetoric is to keep you yeah. silent as yeah. you know right yeah. but yeah. this is par for the course with the marxist marxist playbook yeah. this is like we are no longer tiptoeing towards tyranny we are literally in a full-blown globalist communist takeover in my opinion and there's many reasons to say that. So you let me know where you want to go with it. I can talk to you about the current bills. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Asked. I can talk to you about the dark agendas and you can yeah. ask questions, whatever you like. Well, I, and you know, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone here knows what SOGI is. It's the uh, uh, sexual orient oriented uh, gender identity. And there, and there's certain acronyms and, and maybe we should probably at least spell out those acronyms before we jump into all this stuff. But again, you you started self or homeschooling your kids really because you weren't you didn't agree with having the kids go back to school and deal with masks and all that kind of stuff right yeah and then, and then, I, and then I fell into the then, then you, you know into, but i and then, message of trust has been broken oh yes yeah 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 right when the yeah. when the education system moved in lockstep with yeah. ahs and government yeah. mandates which made no sense no yeah. common sense to put yeah. little masks on little kids, yeah. <laughs> to put them in the corner if they weren't wearing a mask, to not uphold their exemption papers, all of the things that we went through. And, yeah. you know, how could I trust these people again? Yeah. And I'm not well, saying, again, that they're, they're all bad people and that they know what's going on, but the people at the top do. Yeah. And that's basically where I was going to go with that. So we've got... Um, you said, you know, they, they come in and they do their, their sex ed class, right? If it was just about sex ed class, then you could probably tell your teacher uh, or have your kid tell your teacher, no, I don't approve of them doing the sex ed class. However, it's much more than that. It's like, it's everywhere. If, if they're doing math, they're talking about, well, there's, uh, you know, uh, I can't even think of something off, off, off the top of my head that's not controversial. But let's say we've got uh three males and two females and one non-binary and, and they're going through this in math class mm -hmm. how many people do you have right and 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 it's in really you just would be saying well there should just be men and our boys and girls and, and that's it but it's these little little sayings and little phrases that they're getting into the the classrooms that really are indoctrinating people yeah it's slow dripping propaganda. And let me tell you what else they're doing in math. They are actually staying out of Ontario. I have the article. Everything's on my website. Look through my stories and my highlights on my Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Mm -hmm. uh, there's articles that two plus two equaling four is a white supremacy notion. 
like a white supremacy notion. This is part of the critical wow. race theory. This is actually happening in Canada. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we have to understand that there is no one class. This is embedded all through all curriculums and teachers are being trained on mm -hmm. how and their sex activists being hired and third parties like Planned Parenthood coming into. So this isn't this isn't an area where you can just say, OK, I just want them to opt out of that class. Those right. days are gone. And that's not how this works. But let's let, let me just share with you, OK, a couple yeah. of the, two of the goals. OK, yeah. you can read them for yourselves from the communist goals read in 1968 in Congress. This is our warning. This is why I say you have to go way back. Number 41, there's 45 of them. Number 41 is emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of, of parents. Attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children of repressive influence of parents. Number 17, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission bolts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Mm. Get control of the teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. This was read in the House of Congress in 1968 for a reason, to warn us to be able to see when these things were happening again, and they are happening now. So we have to understand that there is a takeover, and the people that are, are the minions of this takeover don't really know it. They're not fully cognizant or they don't want to be. I mean, who could be? Everybody's so busy trying to play taxes and run around right. and, yeah. and take care of their kids and work two jobs. And this has been uh, this has been an attack, like a slow drip attack for a long time that yeah. seems to be wrapping up right now. Rapid fire. So we also need to understand when you come from that angle and you see, OK, what is this? This seems like propaganda. You know, I mean, they teach you about the wars in school, but they don't teach you about all the propaganda leading up to it. Yeah. Why didn't we learn that? That's Why didn't true. we learn how to discern between information and propaganda? Yeah. So let's talk about Bill C-4. Yeah. Bill C-4, which was passed unanimously by both parties. When I read that bill, Carrie, like yeah. through and through, I had, was so gut-wrenched that not only are they saying that if my child decides to, you know, one of my boys wants to be a girl, that not only can I not help them with, a clergy person of my choice, a mental health professional, psychiatrist, psychologist. Yeah. Nobody will help me because their license is on the line. Yeah, true. I am not allowed to leave the country with my child to find the help that I think I might need to help them in a confusing time like that. I, as a Canadian citizen, am being told by my government that I cannot take my child outside of the country. Do we understand what's going on here? Like, this is insane. And it was passed unanimously by both parties. And listen, it's great that UCP wants to say now that they're going to put something if they're in power. But of course, we're coming up to elections. Yeah. This is almost, this is too late. The bill yeah. is in place. Yeah. And then. That's, that's CPC. I was, I was going to, or uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the federal, not, uh, the not federal. the federal. Yeah, no, true. the federal, the federal, which impacts all of us, which yeah. impacts us because it silences people. And censorship is more than just uh, Instagram and Facebook and, and news. It's yeah. it's silencing people from speaking truth because they are terrified to lose their jobs and lose mm. what they have. We just witnessed this with the medical industry. Now yeah. we're going to witness it with the psychology and the education system. 
So, but let's, it gets deeper than this. Listen to this. Bill 67 right now of the Education Act is being passed It's on its second reading in the House, okay? This is the anti-racism equity bill. Yes, yeah. Sounds great, right? Sounds beautiful. Everybody wants that, of course. You know, you've got the most politest people in the world, in Canada. Racism is, a, is at an all-time low because yeah. of multicultural neighborhoods and mixed marriages, but yet we seem to be called racists at every turn. Well, yeah. this bill ensures that every teacher to get certified, registered, and work at all has to go through this diversity training, has yeah. to promote the ideology, wait for it, that is not only that racism is a notion that is conscious, but can also be subconscious. Yes, and I heard about this because the first thing I thought of is, oh, 1984, it's the thought police that are going to become police. Yeah. But you can see the setup, right? Yeah. So if you want to be promoted, if you want to be in a position of leadership within the education world, you have to sign off on this. They're doing it with our military too, this bill. I mean, and so they've added Asian to the list of the hate groups. So we've got Indigenous, Blacks, um, Asian, um, Jewish and LGBTQ, right? Mm -hmm. So those, so those are the groups that are now protected. They want to add in that. So it's just everybody. Uh, oh yeah. It, it, Islam, of course, and Muslims. Yeah. So it's everybody, but white people. Yeah. That's it. That, that, that's what's going on. And so the setup is we're going to not only indoctrinate the teachers, but for them to further their career and keep their registration, they're going to have to believe in this. They're going to have to or perpetuate this ideology to our kids. So let's just talk about CRT for a second. What does it actually do? Critical race theory. Yeah. It makes white children feel guilty for being white, for things they have no control over. And it disempowers every other ethnicity by telling them that they have less agency than their white peers, mm -hmm. telling them that their white peers may have unconscious racism within them. Yeah. Now, there are 400 studies, 400 studies about diversity and equity training within workforce and, and school yeah. that prove. And these are studies out of Harvard and Stanford. OK, these are not just willy nilly that prove that they that that this type of training does more harm yeah. than good. It actually shuts down the lines of communication between people. They did experiments with the word white privilege in in like a, a forum where people were talking. And the minute they started to talk about it, people just exited out. They just exited out. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel that way. It also perpetuates this idea that all white people, um, especially white people who live in poverty, um, it, it creates more bias against them. So there's all such a, so much harm that's going on. But but listen, when you go back to the Marxist ideology, you understand that the more they divide us, the more easily we are able to be controlled. Yeah. This is an ancient old playbook. That's been done over and over. <laughs> over and over. And I'm hoping this time this is really the great awakening. But yeah. so those are some couple bills, a couple bills. Now I want to talk go back to the Soji thing and just tell your viewers here. Yeah. why this million march for children is happening and what is going to happen after the march we are going to be there are there are things if you go to the website one million march for children i was just going to jump to that because we we really haven't had the uh you know the the segue into talking about this so mm -hmm. maybe maybe just give obviously we're talking about kids we're talking about schools yeah now what is this doing and who who started this and what's going on with that 
So it was a it was a gentleman named Camille, um, a, a Muslim gentleman who who created the calling, and mm -hmm. I think just many of us um, have answered it, and hopefully millions have answered it. So there's all sorts of there's different groups. This is the group that I'm involved with. This is, uh, but it's the same day, and we're calling for the same thing. So don't get confused with what you see out there with this and that poster and every yeah. because there is no leader. Yeah. This is a movement of the people. That's where we yeah. kind of went wrong with the trucker movement, right? This is the people. You, yeah. you don't have to have kids. You just have to be concerned about the future of our country, quite frankly, and what they're doing to the kids. So this, you, yeah. this is Wednesday, September 20th. September 20th. So next All across week, Canada. All yeah. across Canada, we are asking for a nationwide walkout that you pull your kids out of school 9 a.m. or don't send them at all and that you can't go to your local march closest to your community. Take the kids with you. Family friendly event. Uh, this particular group won't be in Toronto and Ottawa, but there's lots going on there. But uh, this particular group is kind of feathered out throughout Canada. And uh, find your community or go alone and meet some new people. But basically, if you disagree with all of the forced pronouns, the gender ideology, the lies that they're telling our children that there's more than two genders and that this is that gender fluidity is a thing, because we can talk about this a little bit more, how they're moving us into transhumanism, mm -hmm. that part of the bigger picture. But um, and yeah, if you disagree with this, then then show up because it, this is where we need to stand and at least find each other and know that there are so many of us like we did at the convoy that uh, we're not crazy. We're not hysterical. Um, you know, we're not prudes. We're not book burners. OK, far from it. But if you saw some of this, I don't know if you have, Carrie, but you can go to Exposing Soji 123. Pierre Barnes has done an amazing job of putting out all the books in the libraries throughout the schools. You can look up your school. School, you can see for yourself of yeah. the literature, the pornographic pictures, just absolutely vile. And it's not talking about, listen, I love my gay friends. I'm not against the mm -hmm. LGB. That's not, but their yeah, movement yeah. has been hijacked. Yes. It has yeah. been hijacked by billionaire technocrats like George Soros and mm -hmm. Jennifer Pr uh, Prichtick, who, uh, Prichter, excuse me, who is like a transgender man himself. These, these, these men that are transgender with these fetishes, these elite pushing billions of dollars into this agenda. Because as far as I'm concerned, the federal government is sold out to the globalists. The globalists are run by these ruling class elite families who have an agenda for the human farm and our children. And it is dystopian and we have to unite and stand against it. So this March is all races, creeds, like the Muslims, the Christians, the Jews, the, the non-secular, everybody's coming together to stand for the kids okay great question but why yeah. what's the end goal and what well the solution is is that we unite and we quit fighting over you know uh piddly nonsense that keeps us divided we have to quit seeing through race and and just all of it right we have to unite as the humans it's good versus evil so um, what is the end goal? The end goal, if you go into Klaus Schwab's work and you understand what the fourth industrial revolution is and you understand what transhumanism is, we're already there. People are putting chips in their hands to go to Amazon stores. Like they want to merge man with machine. They want to capture the consciousness. It's already happening with these phones, with all this stuff. Think about it. We're almost halfway there. But this is the ultimate, right? This is the ultimate to be able to how do you break down culture? They say through totalitarianism, there's three things that they attack. Borders, culture, and language. All of that's happening. Look how they're changing 
um, uh, minor attracted person is yeah, the new word right. for yeah. pedophile. Yeah. Look how you can't be, I'm not even a she anymore. I'm a person with a uterus. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a breed, like a breeder, a chest feeder. Like this is all happening guys, because that is their goal. Cause if they can have the erasure of women, the erasure of gender, everyone's gender fluid, pedophilia is just a sexual orientation anything goes machine versus man confuse everybody then they can usher in their fourth industrial revolution and and this is accepted in the schools because that's what the teachers are talking about and they're bringing it in and and the students are learning exactly that yeah and i don't think that the teachers know i don't think they've done the extent no, they, research no, right. you yeah. know i don't think they but they think it's all about virtue signaling and so why yeah. are canadians the target because yeah. we have been bred and conditioned to yeah. be the most polite, yes, the most true. subservient. Yeah. We have we are the virtue signalers. You know, yeah. when I was traveling, when I was like in my early twenties, they'd say, "Make sure you put your Canadian flag on your backpack." Because like, I remember that you don't want to be like back? the people yeah. down south. You don't want them to think you're American. Well, God, yeah. you know, I mean, I'd like yeah. to be there now. I mean, they've got they've got a few more things than we have to be able yeah. to protect themselves. Speaking of a polite Canadian, I'm going to bring uh, Mr. Christopher Scott on now. He's <laughs> the most polite person I've ever met. <laughs> How are you, Chris? Did you just say that I'm the most polite person you've ever met? <laughs> Is that a total lie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you? But thank you. Hi, Tasha. I'm Hi. good. How are you? Good, good. Long time to meet you. So yeah. have you been listening to uh, what Tash has been talking about? And, and obviously, you know, the, uh, the whole agenda and, um, and again, we like to, to wrap it around APP and, and what could we possibly do to get away from that? Do you want to make any comments, Chris? So uh, first of all, can you put up the comment mm -hmm. that I just left? It's kind of a long one, which is nice because well, I'm going to block up my face. Okay. For the then I will uh, scroll back and take a look here. This one here. And I'll read it. So I said the fourth industrial revolution cannot be stopped any more than the previous revolutions could be stopped. What needs to happen is the people need to wake up and pay attention so that we can protect our humanity through the changes. And then mm -hmm. I put controversial with a question mark because that is yeah. a very controversial statement. I'm sure that there's going to be lots of people that are going to be saying, oh, Chris is promoting digital currency and digital ID and stuff like that. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is not that I'm promoting that, but what I'm, what I'm saying is it's not going to be stopped any more than... Um, online banking, debit cards, the printing press, the internet, the radio, the television, any of those things, they, they, they couldn't be stopped and they changed the way society interacts and, and functions, right? But yes. at every turn, we always, we always come to this point where this new technology, these new things that are, that are in front of us, as amazing and convenient as they are, they all carry some very dangerous uh, um, a, a very dangerous part with them. Like mm -hmm. they can be used to enslave, right? A lot of this stuff, what's, what's going on in the schools can be used to enslave because we're, we're raising a bunch of children right now that number one, don't know who they are. Even worse are being taught that they, they aren't human and there's the life isn't sacred. They're being yeah. taught that they're, they're, they're worthless. So we're, we're, we're at that tipping point right now where these things are going to start happening and if we don't do something, it's going to end up like a scene out of a George Orwell book. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be people marching in line, looking at the screens in front of them, 
for the truth, from the ministry of truth, unable to veer or think for themselves. And if they speak out, then they're going to be cast from society. That's that's how these things go unless we do something about it. So, you know, I, I always try and say I don't want to be talking about problems without uh, without the solutions. Yeah. And I want to... I'm going to tell you all what the solution is here. It's the same solution as it was when um, the government was trying to shut down my business and other businesses. It's the same solution as when, um, you know, the government was stripping rights from, from people all over the world in previous times. It's people have to show up and start doing something. Yeah. Yeah. We have to show up like our, our government. Um, no, this ties in with the APP thing. Our government administers education in this province that's their job they're supposed to administer education they're not yeah. supposed to be injecting the party line or injecting their beliefs into education they're supposed to be administering it so that the school boards run by parents or or responsible adults who care about children can do their thing but it's not happening because people stopped showing up and the people that did show up are the ones that had agendas that were not to the benefit of us and our children mm -hmm. right Right. So that's that's where we get into solutions for all this. Um, I love what Tasha, Tasha, what you're doing with with homeschooling. And, you know, throughout this whole thing, Carrie and I even have had conversations with uh, teachers all over the province who pulled out of that system and started mm -hmm. working with parents just like you with learning pods and homeschooling pods and those types of things so that yeah. there was an option for yeah. parents to uh, put their kids in something uh, different while it, while this is being fixed, because as we know, these, these solutions aren't, aren't fast. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for what you're doing. I didn't realize this, the scope of your work when we were in Ottawa. Otherwise, uh, you know, I may have some, said something then, but, but, uh, but good job. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it didn't really start like that. Like I, I was focusing on the Ottawa stuff and, and it's interesting because what I realized was, okay, everything I'm seeing on a macro level with our government going out here to Ottawa, you know, I don't want the tyranny, um, the, the forced agenda, the imposition, all of these things, the coercion. And I started to bring it back to what can I control and what I can control is in my own home. Mm -hmm. And so then I started to ask even a bigger, deeper question, which was, you know, where am I a tyrant? with my own children? Where do I impose my agenda onto them? Where do I coerce them into doing things? Yeah. Hence the difference between homeschooling and unschooling. And I really had to start questioning my own beliefs that have been imposed on me. And I've been conditioned as we all have by being through the system that we're now rejecting. And so one of the solutions that I try to say to parents is a lot of people come to me and say, just tell me what to do, give me an option, but I don't wanna change anything. And I'm sorry to tell you that we really are in a war and things are going to change. They're either someone else is going to make them change, just like you said. Maybe there's no stopping this. Maybe you're right. So you either let it happen to you and your kids or you do something about it. And you can exactly. start creating community yourself, which is yeah. what I did when I started. I was a person of one. I started yeah. opening my home Thursday night meetings to anybody who was welcome, who wanted to talk about this stuff, who was interested in things. I'm in my fourth year now. You know, our group that we have isn't perfect. We're, we come from all different backgrounds and have different ideas, but we all have one thing in common. We refuse to put our children in an environment that supports this nonsense. Mm -hmm. We refuse to have them be in the line of fire. And that's what I try to say to parents. Listen, there's not a lot of time. The solutions that you're talking about with people showing up, right now the, the school boards are infiltrated by people that don't have kids, 
LGBTQ mm -hmm. activists, people yeah. that do not have the same interests. And you're right, people stop showing up. And I think that's by design. We do need to take responsibility for it because our leadership is a reflection of what we've allowed to happen and what we've tolerated. I absolutely believe that. But what you're talking about is the long-term goal. Yeah. The short-term goal is get your kids out of this mess because these people cannot be trusted. They, they do not have discernment. Right. And they are they are supposed to be teachers are supposed to be beacons of light and knowledge. And we have they have proven again and again in the past four years that they are no longer that they cannot see as the fish in water. They cannot discern. And so pull your kids out and be prepared because Canadians, like most North Americans, have been conditioned over the last, what, 60, 70 years since women have been working, whatever it is, or, you know, being pushed to told or whatever you want to think of the feminist movement, you know. We have been conditioned to give our children over younger and younger to the state, to yeah. the government, like younger and younger. Like you're talking like free daycare now. Yeah, yes. Ten dollar daycare or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. sounds great. Right. But it's always a teaspoon with a little yeah. bit of cyanide. That's it's right. Always. Yeah. So so we are giving our handing them over, handing them over to the point that we aren't even we don't even know how to acclimate with our own kids. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't at the very beginning. I, my husband was like, oh, my God, you're going to kill yourself. You can't hold <laughs> I used to think that way before 2020, right? Like, oh, my gosh, there's no way, right? You know, we outsource them to coaches. We outsource them to the school. We outsource them to sleepovers. We're like, screw the kids. Where are the kids? I don't know. They're on the iPad. Well, we yeah. know what's going on there. Yeah. So it's it's this pull your kids out, number one. Don't do anything for the first year. That's, that's my sound advice. Just let them. Uh... Just connect with them reconnect oh, with them do beautiful. things with I them pretend that. every day is a saturday yeah. take them yeah. with you let them yeah. you know if you and people say oh i can't do that my kids are too young or oh i can't do that i have to work well listen you get five families who are all like mine everybody takes the kids one day a week and you work one day less at work you do that for the first six months till you figure it out carrie so, can you put up scott's comment please yeah and i was just going to ask a quick quick question so you know people are people are concerned about uh you know i can't, I can't do that I, I i i have to go to work and i have to deal with my kids you know i'm not going to be able to do that how do i even and get them involved in uh in uh homeschooling I, i'm going to pull my hair out like where do i go is that all on your website do you have resources for that yeah, I mean, you can connect with me because what I did is I created a community of parents to do group, group coaching together. Like there's a, there's a collective wisdom of people going through the steps together. All you have to do is find somebody who's just a little bit ahead of you, who's yeah. been doing the distance a little longer. And that's with everything, right? Whether it has to do with the politics, whether it has to do with the medical stuff, we are exiting these systems that are on fire and you just need to kind of find your tribe, find someone who's walking the talk yeah. that you resonate with and, yeah. and and let them lead you you know yeah. it's it's it is hard i'm not going to say it's not hard <clears throat> because people aren't used to questioning anyone or yeah. any authority figure and we are moving from the authoritative paradigm into yeah. the peaceful partnership with our children that is yeah. a huge paradigm shift but that's what i coach that's what i teach and that's what we can do do you have to let uh, the, the school board know that your your kid is taken out of school because I'm the first thing I'm thinking is well kids you are probably should to tell the school they've, otherwise the they've, got, they've got the truant officers that are going to come out I'm, I'm thinking like the little rascals back in the, the mm. 30s um coming after your kids and like is that still a thing like I don't know yeah so in Alberta it's really great there's a few school boards that quite a few actually that support unschooling 
And those okay. are the ones if you want to go that route. Now, some people want to try homeschooling first. That's like way too deep in the waters. They need to be like, I oh, know I need a curriculum and I need to do this. And, you know, you'll see how it works for you. But understand that this is a process. It's going to yeah. take time. But I really want to answer that guy's question. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That had said, um, you know, it, you know, listen, I, I had to. Um, sell our family home that we built and, and um, you know, plan to raise our family in for their yeah. lives and to go to the school right across the street. And I sold our family home to downside. Yeah, I had to leave my job. You know, I found other sources of revenue. I am not here to dispute, but you are going to have to start thinking differently. Mm-hmm. Somebody some might pain. need to come home. Someone might need to come home. You might need to take this. But listen, guys, this is why I say this is a war. And this is where the grandparents need to step up. The aunts and the uncles, the friends, the communities, the like-minded people to support one another. That's the only way out of this. The way out of this is not to stay in the same structure, working the nine to fives and paying the taxes and thinking stuff's going to change. We have to completely change everything. It's a mindset shift first. So I've got something for that as well. In this province and in this country, um, most parents or most families, both parents have to work. That's just the way it is. Our cost of living is too high. We're taxed into oblivion. Part of the reason is that we have uh, over 1.5 million federal workers in a country of 40 million, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely ridiculous. The trough is never ending, but it is ending because it comes out of our pockets. So one of the things that I want to see is I want to see a sovereign, prosperous Alberta where the government is out of people's lives and gives them the leeway and the opportunity that they should already have to do these things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to see is I want I want uh, funding to follow the, the the child, right? If you choose to oh, yeah. school or homeschool to. your kid, you get yeah. the funding. Right. That's, that that is a no brainer. It shouldn't even be a question, but it's it's being heavily debated and scrutinized by the opposition right now. Yeah. So imagine, imagine if we took control of our futures again in this province. We did something that has never been done before. We got the federal government's fingers out of our sovereign mm-hmm. areas of jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And we started getting back to a place where, you know, maybe we didn't have to pay $600 a month to heat our home in the winter. Maybe yeah. we didn't spend $2,000 a month on gasoline for our cars. And all of the sudden, we're keeping our money. We're not paying 65% tax. And if mm-hmm. one parent works and the other one stays home with the children, that's attainable and we don't have to go through as much pain to protect our kids because what Tasha, Tasha what you're talking about um and and what Scott was asking doing these types of things there is going to be some pain and there's going to be some sacrifice mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and this is something I've been wrestling with I've been wrestling with this for a few years because I watched <laughs> some of the things that happened with my kids in school and I know my my responsibility as a parent should be to my kids but I'm always like too busy and doing other things. And every time I take one more thing on, I'm actually sacrificing mm-hmm. the time that I, that I should be spending with my child as a parent. Mm-hmm. And we've been conditioned to believe that's what we have to do mm-hmm. so we can have the bigger house and the bigger car, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. none of these solutions that Tasha is offering are without some sacrifice and some pain. But you, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice for your children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let, like, let, me as well. And this this question is weighing very heavily on me because, uh, you know, I just spent two days traveling and uh, hanging out with Carrie down in Calgary, and I haven't seen my son in a couple of days, and here I am on a computer <laughs> doing something to try that. and save the world yeah. um, for my son. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a tricky mm-hmm. balance to strike. 
Yeah, I completely emphasize that. Actually, I I have a coach who's just putting me, you guys are one of the the second last podcast that I'm going to be doing, and I'm going into a season of no for three months. And oh, just yeah. even, I've been saying no to so many people for October, November, and December already. I'm just like, whoa, you know, because we can get wrapped up in this work as well, right? right. And yeah. really wanting to speak out and advocate because we can see that, like, you know, our country is at risk and our children. Mm -hmm. But just to add to that, what, you know, I was, Ronnie Herman was just talking the other day to Laura Lynn about um, one of the, the moms in BC here in a small town you know, when you're talking about the pain that you're going to endure, you can either make that choice or you can have the long-term pain, which is irreversible because, so this mom went into school to see her daughter. Her daughter was really good she, at art and it was an art show. So she goes into the school. This is a couple of weeks ago or no, sorry, in June, it was in June. And she's looking for her daughter's art, can't find the art anywhere. And so it's like, where's, you know, my daughter's art. And the teacher says like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but um, you know, we, she goes by Johnny now. And uh, oh, yeah. this is how, you know, and we're here to support her. <laughs> and this has been going on for the year. That's happening. That's happening wow. in this country because wow. we are through legislation as well, not allowed to do anything other than gender affirm whatever the child is saying. And so we are going to have, like you said, Chris, an entire generation, five, 10 years from now, who are going to be chemically castrated, confused, angry, and saying, where were you all? Where were you, you know? And so this is what's at stake. It is the ultimate child sacrifice, what we are witnessing here. Yeah. yeah. Shirley says, society has to roll back to the good old days. Sacrifice is normal. Kids are worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So there's some comments that they're about about funding following kids so there's a difference between the funding following the child and the the homeschooling pittance that parents get right now i believe in alberta it's 790 dollars or maybe 890 dollars per child if you register them for some sort of homeschooling before x date or whatever yeah but the cost the actual cost for your child to attend school for one year all you have to do is look at some private schools that do it um that, that number that was up there was pretty accurate yeah, ten to twenty thousand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's that's a huge number, right? In Mir here, we have a private Christian school, and they are uh, partially funded by the government, but they don't get full funding because they're a private school. I believe yeah. the tuition is something like eight thousand dollars a year, even with seventy-five uh, percent of the funding coming from the government. Yeah. Now, eight thousand dollars a year—that's a big chunk of change. Well, I mean, of course, until you boil it down to a couple coffees a day and you know that kind of thing then all of a sudden it's not such a big number and uh you know just to shout out to the school here i want to point this out as well um this is one of the schools where if you put your child here and you can't afford it they'll never turn you down right yeah. there's all sorts of uh, parent involvement things you do some volunteer hours at the thrift store or whatever or help mow the lawn and and that covers the child's tuition but that 890 dollars it's almost it's almost insulting that that's what the government thinks yeah, that totally. uh, a homeschooling family should get yeah. because you're going to spend $890 easily in school supplies and materials and books in that year anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? It, it went up, that, though. It went up to 901 this year. So Oh, yeah. there you go. That it's helps. <laughs> but it's ridiculous, right? Like, that covers I mean, all the in, in a month. And, and what's crazy is that... Um, so my son who just turned 13, I could tell that he wanted more. And, and so I said, okay, well, you could, you know, take some online classes through the same board, right? Mm -hmm. Through the government. So, but I talked to all the teachers. So it's just math, science, and 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 English. I, I hoping that's safe, right? I'm hoping that's safe. So we'll now see. that's different so, from what you're talking about with unschooling. 
No, I know that. But you see, the thing is, is unschooling. I just want to clarify for some people are. Yes. But what unschooling is, is it's a philosophy of child-led learning. And so where you can really thrive and learn without curriculum, this entire idea that you have to emulate school and the classroom at home at the kitchen table is extremely stressful. And why would you want to emulate the very thing that you're walking away from? So people, if it works for them, listen, if homeschooling works for you and a bunch of curriculum and your kids are thriving and they are loving it, keep going. But if it's not, which it didn't for us, there are other ways. So we do projects. We use the whole world as the classroom. We're always out doing stuff. But this year, my son said, because, you know, he's, he's, he's 13 and he said i just want to make sure that i know some things and i want to try this so i said okay so they charge me for those classes on top of it so i still have to pay the 2500 dollars for these three classes to the government at the same time that i get the 901 back you know i mean it's crazy when you look at that as if i said i'm opening a school what would i get but the truth is is that what i've seen and some of our, our our people in our homeschooling unschooling community have discussed this a lot of them say, well, let's take the government funding and open a school and hire a teacher. Well, I don't want to take the government funding because I don't mm-hmm. trust them. And I don't want any of their mandates coming down. And I don't want them to tell us what to do. And I don't want them coming into our place. So then you're without money. So that's where people get really tripped up, right? And so to be sovereign, to be really sovereign, you have to rely on community. You have to rely on each other. And yeah, it's painful. There's growing pains at the start because people are not used to doing that. We have been conditioned to live in our little box, go through our little box garage, be on our box sets, not talk to one another, not trust one another. And this has all been by design. Yeah, so that, uh, you know, that pain for the cost of this would be alleviated if the government didn't forcibly charge us for school that they mm-hmm. have full control over. Mm-hmm. Like as a business owner in this tiny little town with one child in school, I think my, just my property tax that goes to education is like 70% of my property taxes or something. That's a big number. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. and, and, and that's the other thing. Until we get the government out of our pockets out of our bedrooms, out of our classrooms, out of our pants, uh, we're we're going to experience some degree of pain trying to get through this, yeah. right? Because we're still paying the tax. We're still paying 65% in taxes or 70% taxes in this country while we're trying to do what, what Tash is doing and unschool children and and, uh, and and pay for the services we're already paying for. Yeah. It's, it's insanity. There's a lot of these sorts of questions coming up, like, um, you know, how do children get their diploma when they're homeschooled? Like, what happens when they go to university? How do they, how do you prove that they actually have the education in order to do that? Is there resources for that too, Tasha? Oh, 100%. And it's all on my website. If you go to free resources, there's a book there called Unschooling to University. Unschooled kids are actually typically sought out sought after in universities because they aren't from the cookie cutter box they're actually they actually thrive they 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 choose things they want to learn they're enthusiastic they yeah. there is a huge difference and you can see it when they're even in a room together of yeah. unschooled kids versus schooled kids yeah. um, their desire the way they use technology all of it because they're not forced to learn anything so they're mm-hmm. not trying to check out of their lives or buy, bid for control. Um, and there's no power struggle. Their needs are being met. So it's a very, very different mindset and system. But there is a book on there called Unschooling to University. And, you know, to be honest, guys, like, 
you know what, like Roger Hawkinson always says to me, the higher you go, the worse it is. So, I mean, I, I really hope my kids don't want to go to university. I really hope that they, as long as it's specialized <coughs> or I hope they get a trade because honestly, like, is this where at the rate that it's going and where the the money is being funded and who it's being funded by it, yeah. they're worse. And they get, and they get persecuted or kicked out of school if they don't toe the line. Yeah. I mean, our friend Jordan well, and, Pearson. And, and that would be the big thing. example of that. Yeah, if, if you're being homeschooled, you're in a pod or, or however the, the system is set up and you graduate and then you go to university and right away, the first person you meet starts talking about uh, uh, diversity and equity and inclusivity and all that. And, and maybe they don't, the student wouldn't know about that because they haven't been indoctrinated that way. That would be a bit of a, uh, a mind shift for them as well, right? Bit of a culture like, shock. Culture yeah, shock. If, if the kids better. don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, kids. my kids definitely know. I mean, they hear me enough on podcasts. <laughs> so my kids are, you know, but there's lots of things I don't talk to them about. Like they don't really know. Um, they, they know there's two genders. I can tell you that. But we don't, I don't get into it. And I will a bit when they're older. And, you know, right now we're doing, I'm doing history. Um, you know, we're Jewish, like I said. So we're going to go, my son's 13. He's in his bar mitzvah year. So I think it's important that we go into a bit of the Jewish history, but I'm also going to teach him about how to see propaganda. Oh, like, yeah. That's, like, forget about what just the gore of whatever. Let's talk about how it happened over 10 yeah. years, slow yeah. dripping on people, how yeah. people complied. Like, that's where I, as a parent, say, I will take over the side of the education. Thank you very much, government. Yeah, that's right. Stone Lee said they made me learn to play a recorder. When's the last time you need to have a or need to have a yeah. recorder? I guess it, it comes in great time uh, during tax time. I always play the recorder. Yeah, know. yeah. What are you doing, child? The Pied, the Pied Piper. That's what it is. It's a representation of the Pied Piper. You that's know, right. my, I have a twenty-year-old as well, and I remember that recorder when he was in grade six. So <laughs> there are a lot my of things. Scaling the wall beside yeah. my office. I think, here I think we've door. really. I think we've all seen the meme about what what things should actually be taught. And maybe maybe Tasha can just kind of briefly talk about, you know, like what things should be taught instead of SOGI and DI and, and uh, climate change agenda and all that. What would be your 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 reading, writing, arithmetic sort of things? Oh, well, first and foremost, um, it would be all about integrity. I mean, that's that's what we talk a lot about and how, you know, we want to. We want to raise critical thinkers who have an yes. integrity that can't be compromised. Yeah. And how do you do that if you put them in a system where they're not allowed to question anything, where they are supposed to listen to the authority without question, they have to raise their hand if they want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. They, you're told things like, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. Kids are just to be seen and not heard. There's so many myths, not only in the school system, but also in that landed in parenting. Because let's think about it. We're literally trained how to parent by other people. Yeah. And if you're not sure about that, just think about when your kid acts up in front of like your family yeah. or strangers, how you feel inside. And you're like ah, coming unglued because you care yeah. about what other people think. Yeah. This is the herd based mentality. And I think this is what is being exposed. And this is what we're breaking through. 
breaking yeah. from, right? So they should be taught sovereign skills, but this is not something the government wants us to know or have. They don't want us to know how to self-regulate our emotions. They yeah. don't want us to know how to communicate with other human human beings and actually really see past well, race, religion, and creed. Pharmaceuticals and AI, what do we need those things for? <laughs> exactly, they want to keep us divided, right? They want to keep us fighting so that they can control us because when we are fighting, we're at our lowest vibration. And, and, and we don't have the energy to really look up and say, who's actually running this clown show? Who's mm -hmm. shaking the ants in the, you know, in the mason jar? Yes. So there's so many things to be learning. There's so many things other than what <laughs> yeah, this, it's a very obsolete, uh, failed 200 experiment, 200 year old, old experiment. This is interesting. And it kind of, Stone says, uh, once you're taught to read, you can learn whatever you want on your own. And that's mm -hmm. true. Um, yeah. Throughout history, the, pe the people that learned to read are self self taught reading. There was mm -hmm. there was societies where you weren't allowed to read because then you could make something of yourself and, and tip the balance of power. What you're yeah. talking about, Tasha, is it's kind of like learning to read, but but learning to observe the world around you yes. and and use that to advance your knowledge base. Right? Like this is, I I see this as the same type of uh, uh, like on the same level as learning to read breaking mm -hmm. out of that shell and, and doing it that way. Yeah. 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 And, and the biggest thing about unschooling and, and people don't want to hear this is that if you want your kids to question authority and be able to question and reason and critically think you have to allow them to question you as well. And um, so that's, that's what true. I work on. That's yeah. yeah. That's what I work on with parents because, you know, they, you know, we have these things, these condi this conditioning that, that we're always right. We have our shit together. Well, clearly we don't look at the state of our world. So we want to apologize often when we need to, you know, when we know that we're wrong as parents, we want to show them that we're fallible and that we're human. We want to take responsibility for those things. Mm -hmm. And and get them to question us because we don't know anything, you know, is there that is very I don't know. On on that <laughs> note, I'm actually gonna take responsibility as a parent and I'm gonna sign off here and spend okay. some time with my son. But yes. Before I do that, uh, I just want to say thanks, Tasha, for coming on and and sharing this with us. This has been we've had actually really good viewership on this uh webinar and yeah. people are really interested in this. And it's because over no matter what our political views are, the one thing that we have uh, common between us is that we care about our children. Absolutely. Right? So this is something that uh, it it doesn't. There's no party lines here. It's not political. It's simply it's not we left care about our children, right and this is the solution we want. For mm -hmm. my part, uh, I'm going to continue working on the you know the longer term solution. Mm -hmm. I want government out of our families, out of our lives, out of our bank accounts, all of those things, so that we have the tools and the resources that we need to build our families and educate our children like this. That's that's where I'm at. And I really believe that the Alberta Prosperity Project has a great template for that. So folks out there, um, please check out Tasha's uh, website. I mm -hmm. skimmed through it a couple of days ago and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And also uh, head on over to albertaprosperityproject.com and check out some of the policies and things that we're talking about doing in government that are the longer term solution and bring sovereignty um, over, over your children back to the family where it belongs. Yeah. And with awesome. that, I'm gonna go and uh, hang out with my kids. Hang out with your kids, yeah. Thanks. You go Chris. do that. That that's the best way to end that part. Absolutely. Tasha's right. gonna stay on with me for a little bit longer. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you Thanks. later. Thanks. Okay. Um.
Yeah, and, and you know, once we kind of hit the hour mark on these things, we kind of look back and go, okay, well, there's a lot of questions, and maybe we should, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of tangents we could go off on this, mm -hmm. but I think we've kind of covered the core. Mm -hmm. And uh, but there are a few things that uh, I had um, a question up here. Do you know if we have anyone in our government who is aware of these issues? Well, number one, I, I'm I'm pretty sure our education minister, who used to be uh, Adriana Lagrange and is now Dimitrios uh, Nicolatis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. I'm sure he's at least aware of that. But again, we can't rely on government actually doing anything in this particular case because it's not just the government. It's all the bureaucrats and that layer uh, that continues down. They're the ones writing curriculum. It's not the it's not the uh, elected official that's writing the curriculum. Curriculum. Yeah, he's kind of the the figurehead. But we really do have to look at it and say, no, it's the bureaucrats that are doing that. How do we how do we fix that? And I know there was a question in here. Someone that said um, uh, about uh, uh, should we get into uh, how do we affect change at a provincial level? How do we get changes to be adopted uh, through Alberta education and that sort of stuff? When Tasha first came on with me and we had a brief talk, um, and Tasha, by all means, uh, say exactly what you had said to me about what would you do about the Alberta education uh, and then that, and that whole system? Well, I think what we have to look at is that we're looking for solutions from a system that has gone unchecked for far too long and is corrupt at the core. And I'm not saying corrupt is in um, the individual people necessarily, but the structure of it. Because if you look at it, what is a politician? Who mm -hmm. does the politician serve? Does it really serve the people? Does he or she really serve the people? Or are they bound by party politics, do yeah. will, can they get kicked out at any reason from their party and from their position if yeah. they speak something outside, if they speak something that represents their people but outside of the party line? So mm -hmm. we have a problem with the entire structure. And so I appreciate, Carrie, you, yourself, and Chris, that you yeah. guys are playing the long game here because somebody needs to do that. Yeah. And But for me, I'm out. I'm, yeah. What I'm yeah. doing is creating something outside of the system. And I'm in a position where I'm even looking at getting outside of, I'm right now I still have to deal with an unschooling, like a board of education, but luckily yeah. they stand between the government and me. And so yeah. they act as a lawyer almost. So okay. that's a great thing to have in Alberta, but I want to get outside of that. I don't want your $901, which is yeah. extremely insulting. I'm going to find a way to create a <laughs> private member association, just like the UCP, just like the Liberal Party, so we can have our own rules and construct without government, so we can do what we want to do as parents, with yeah. teachers who are leaving the system, with yeah. mentorship, bring back apprenticeship, and we are going to create something completely different because yeah. the structure of the system. So to say who in government knows, they know. Yeah. Trust me. They yeah. know. There's yeah. enough of us writing. There's enough of us sending stuff. That's true. But yeah. they are not allowed to speak their truth. And I am. And I'm not afraid of that. And so yeah. those of us who are in that position are going to create something else. Yeah, that's right. And and again, this kind of leads into it, everyone. How important is, is it for us to get onto our school boards? Well, we just finished saying that if that system is broken, what are you going to do? Um, you can get on the school board and you can try and fix it, uh, try and at least be involved. But I think ultimately, you know, by the time you're, you're involved with your kids and by the time they leave, you know, let's say the 12, 13 years 
and and again, even for me, uh, I haven't actually been in the high school years, probably what, six, seven years now. Um, that whole high school would be completely different. Number one, they, they uh, I think they don't even have gender washrooms in there. I think it's like whoever wants to go, right? Like to me, that's a, that's a, something I would have gone well. That, that wouldn't have made any sense seven years ago, but now it just seems to be part of it. Who knows what's gonna happen seven years from now? So if you do wanna be part of the school board, I had actually thought of that. Um, like I said, I, I did run as an MLA and I had also thought, well, if that didn't work, how else can I uh, can I get involved? And um, maybe I, I run for a school board. Maybe I try and get involved in that way. And I may still do that, but I do tend to agree with you that that is trying to get involved with a system that maybe just doesn't want to be fixed. Well, listen, I mean, if your kids are in university and you have the time yes. for that, go at it. But I'm not going to let the government further impede my relationship with my kids and me focus all my energy on changing a system that's so corrupt. It's going to take years. It's, I mean, you know, have you guys seen, I'm sure many of your viewers have seen online, and I have a lot of it in my story highlights, these mm -hmm. board meetings that have been captured on video with the parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. going to speak and their mics being turned off and i mean like how are you going to fight that i mean by all means if that's what you where you want to put your energy but i'm going to put my energy into building something new yeah that's right too um here's one great advice tasha use the pma structure private membership association can you say more about this oh my gosh okay so i took a 20-hour <laughs> course so i'm not you know an expert on this by any means but it was enough that it intrigued me to really go look at this because you know the freemasons the ucp party the the bar association used to be a private member association um and when you understand it you kind of look at it and you go wow nobody taught us this in school there's the mm -hmm. public sphere and there's a very real private sector and mm -hmm. the private sector is governed and ruled under rules that we are not aware of and i believe that they don't want us to know and so hospitals used to be private member associations the first one in canada yeah. was back in the 1800s so basically what it is is when the citizens come together and say there's a need we have a need and so at the time after the war they had a need for a hospital so people would come together and they would pool some resources i think this is the way of the future is to go back to the past before yeah. we had centralized controlled governments. When we go back to the past, we work within communities locally, we have private member associations. So basically under the private sector, you can create something and it, the members, like the, the association is only as strong as its members. So you mm -hmm. really have to have like-minded people who see the vision and the construct and agree, right? Mm -hmm. But once you do that, the government cannot trespass on any of your property. You can't own property, but you can lease it. It can be held in trust. So that's why like nobody's knocking down the uh, Hell's Angels. They're a private member association. Nobody's true. knocking down their clubhouses. Like how come they're not doing that in the middle of the night? Do you notice that never happens? So that's it's right. the same thing. So when they want to come in when there are COVID mandates and we have a private member association with 25, 50 families with our kids, but most people don't a know about it b people are scared to be that sovereign because it means that they're completely responsible for their kids and yeah. they're completely responsible financially but together i feel like we can do this mm -hmm. yeah um here's uh lots of these sorts of comments as a retired teacher i so appreciate your view in the late 60s professor professor at university taught us that the most important thing for us to teach students is to learn to think for themselves are teachers being taught that i hope do hope so 
again, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what they're learning in university because you, obviously you have to go through uh, the education system or maybe you don't, maybe you could be homeschooled. Uh, I don't know of any homeschooled, uh, I don't know of anybody that's been homeschooled and then jumped into the university to become a teacher, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Do you think that would be something that people could do? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, like you, like me being in contact with the board, I have to meet with a, you know, a management education manager twice a year with the kids. I tell her what we're doing. I put the plans together. It's not completely willy nilly, right? Like we yeah. are still under laws right now. I don't need anyone knocking at my door. Yeah, yeah. But, but right. trust me, trust yeah. me that I'm not planning something to get out of that system. I'm just very prudent about it because when yeah. we're dealing with kids. Um, so this is absolutely legal. It's absolutely a way. And, you know, when you say university, I mean, like we just witnessed a pandemic of cowardice within yeah. our professionals. Are you kidding me? Like, what did they learn? What? I, and I'm not knocking doctors because, but trust me, I've had many of them and many surgeons reach out to me over the last three and a half years yeah. who felt that they couldn't speak to their colleagues. They were yeah. cornered. They didn't believe in anything that was going on. They were getting the vax card, like the yeah. fake one. Like, come on, you yeah, guys, yeah, right. we, yeah. we, university is the worst. I mean, I went to university. Listen to this. You guys don't know this. I, my, my degree is in psychology and I worked for 10 years as a social worker and outreach worker with families who had children with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And many of them thought their children were vaccine injured. This is why I was so awake and aware to all of this nonsense at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I used to teach families, parents, uh, cognitive behavioral strategies on how to make their children more compliant. If yeah. that is not the absolute opposite thing that I'm doing now, like I want all my money back. Basically, I was trained on how to serve the system. Basically, I was trained on how to serve the authoritative paradigm and keep it going. And now I'm out of that. And I'm like, so so university to me, it's a joke. And I'm not saying I didn't have good times and met the odd great teacher and had a good project here and there. But literally, come on, come yeah. on. Who is yeah. it really serving? Yeah, I went to my daughter's grad uh, at uh, University of Victoria and um they had a few deans come up and uh, and and say their spiel, whether or not that's the right term. They were they were kind of the principals, the the deans, the the leaders of the university, and every one of them had something to say about uh, following uh, the UN agenda and following uh, you know uh, making the world a better place. And and it was I actually found it to be a little funny, if you want to call it that, because my daughter was graduating with a science degree. But because there were so many students, she was in people with an arts degree or a drama degree. And and the message that they were saying was that those people uh, would be the ones solving problems based upon science, based upon whatever. And it's like, that's great, except they've got a drama degree. Mm -hmm. So I don't think when they were actually saying that, they, they, were, they were really looking at who they were talking to. Mm. Right. And well, kind look of, who's running the country right now. Yes, a drama teacher. Absolutely. And he is, he is definitely a drama teacher. Yeah, but if that right. doesn't show you that people are selected and protected, yeah. I mean, oh, that yeah, guy's been true. training for the role yeah. of his lifetime. Like, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Kathy says, there are a lot of good teachers in the school system. Parents need to be involved with student, student parent councils and active in the school. 
I agree. Like, like when my daughters were in school, I was active, uh, at least in the school. I wasn't on parent council. I think I went to a few meetings just because I felt like I had to, but I wasn't really a part of that. Now, of course, I would probably jump on board and say, yes, I would definitely be involved with that. So if you do have kids in school or if you're a grandparent and you're interested in what's going on with the school, at least try and get involved. And, and we said kind of right from the beginning was that we were a little concerned that we might not be able to get into the classes anymore. Might not, you know, without jumping through a lot of hurdles. Uh, yeah, and, just go see if you can get into your child's and, library right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to let see, you. See if you can go <laughs> in the library and uh, go look, look, look yeah. for those special books. Yeah. Tell them that you're concerned about some of the books. Listen, I'm not saying that there's not good teachers and people, you have to get off the defense here because I'm not, it's not criticizing any individual person. Although, when things go awry, that's how we have to do it. We have to put people on notice personally yeah. because they hide behind the system and yeah. the system is designed for you to do it. Like, did you know right now, all of these crazy sexually explicit pornographic books, there is no panel of people that chooses them. It is up to the discretion of the teacher. Of and the they teacher. are, yeah, the teacher or the librarian. So what does that do? that makes it more difficult for us as parents to go to a board and say, this is inappropriate. What are you doing? No, 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 no. They don't even want you to read it in the school trustee district board meetings. They don't even want you to read it. So yeah. what I'm saying is it's, it's not the people, there's good people, but if they haven't left by now, or if they aren't sitting on a soapbox right now, like Ronnie Herman, who actually left the system and actually <coughs> is speaking now, because she's saying this is happening, white supremacy, critical race theory, Soji, you know, your kids are being victimized. This is yeah. a teacher. Yeah. I had a teacher yesterday who reached out to me. She picked up and moved to Nicaragua with her son. She, oh, she wasn't a teacher. I'm sorry. She was a nurse. And she said, Tasha, I have seen they were giving hormones to kids as young as 10 years old, hormone blockers, and wow. I refused. And so I didn't renew my license and I left the country. So listen, if they're still going along to get along, that's the problem. Yeah. But there is something called mind control happening. Yeah. And, and people aren't very aware of that, but li literally go to Jason Kristoff, go check out his program. I worked for two and a half years with him. He will explain to you and understand so that you understand yeah. what mind control looks like and why good people, yeah. you know, look away. Um, and again, the whole idea why we do these webinars is uh, APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. That's how APP is structured. But I think the fundamental core is that we need our own individual rights as well. And we need to be able to do what was right for us and our families. And I think APP's message does help with that. It, it basically says, uh, if, if there's a lot of these mandates are coming from the federal government uh, and, and really they're, they're kind of overextending their, their reach uh, from a federal into a provincial uh, jurisdiction, uh, get the hell out, right? And we're basically saying, no, this is what we want to do. And even as a community level, we, can sh we should be able to go into the schools and say, no, this is, we don't agree with this and we don't agree with these books, whatever. And if we, and if it ends up that from uh, a parent's point of view, you just do not want your students in the school, then there are options and you can get them out of the school.
So, and that's what Tash is really all about here. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with that, I'd, I'd like to say thank you so much, Tash, for coming on. Enlightening. Uh, I mean, I know we could go on uh, lots of different tangents. And actually, um, I think I am going to reach out to you. I know you're going to take a three month breather. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually had uh, Dr. Mackis on uh, a while ago, and he did the same sort of three-month breather. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Danny Belford, who, of course, was in the uh, the convoy, and he took a three-month breather. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it, it it really is important to at least step back and um, and organize your life and uh, and come back refreshed. And yeah. so I'm hoping that when you do come back, you'll be able to at least come back either on uh, an APP webinar and tell us what you've learned over that amount of time, or you can come on uh, with uh, Chris and I on a Chris and Carrie uh, show episode. And that would be uh, amazing to talk about uh, all this other stuff that's been going on in schools. So, 100%. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to. Thanks Excellent. for having me. And I Thank hope... You. I hope that everybody isn't uh, too overwhelmed by some of the stuff. I didn't even hit some of the things with. Uh, the oh, there's lots of stuff. But you know what? It's uh, this is like a, like we have to think of the long game, and it's yeah. a relay race. So while some of us go and rest, others will take the lead, and yeah. we just have to keep inspiring people to stand up, to find their courage, yeah. to make change, to speak their voice, because what we think inside is not enough. We can't just yeah. think it in our heads. We can't just continue to watch even podcasts like these. We actually yeah. have to act. We need to show up in body, mind, and spirit, and we will change and the tides will turn if we can do that together and unite. So I start agree. by coming to the march. Yes, and that's, and that's exactly what I was going to say. So we usually do these webinars on Wednesday, and of course, next Wednesday just happens to be the actual march. It's on uh, uh, September 20th. So if we did the webinar based on the march, of course, people would miss the march. So we've already reached out to the organizer of the, of, uh, the Edmonton March and the Calgary March, and we are going to be doing a special webinar on Sunday, this Sunday, to get them involved and tell us where things are happening and uh, how people can get involved. And, what, and again, the same conversation we kind of had here was, why, why are we doing this, right? And, and it's about the kids. So that is going to be on Sunday. I can't really tell you much more. I don't know the times because we still have to coordinate that, but it will be on Sunday. And then the plan will be on the 20th. Uh, we will be rebroadcasting that and hopefully having those same people on. And so it'll be like a before and then an after. So we'll be able to see what their, what their hopes were and then how it all played out and uh, if there were any issues or if there were problems, if there was, uh, uh, you know, maybe we had 5 million people marching. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, because that would, like the media just couldn't, uh, well, we didn't see that. I, I'm not yeah. sure what happened there. That would, people would have to at least see what's going on, right? Well, so. look for the spin. They'll find a spin for oh, sure, right? Will, but yeah. <laughs> so, so that will be on the 20th. And here's a little bit of a... a, a a thing going on with with my life of course i said that my uh younger daughter is uh going in for dentistry and she actually gets her white coat ceremony next thursday mm -hmm. at, at ubc in vancouver so my plan right now is i may end up doing the walk in vancouver oh right so that would be an interesting perspective to see not only here in calgary and in edmonton but uh, in a different province and of course we all know what uh what Vancouver is like, uh, where they're leaning and that. So it'd be interesting to see if that happens. So if it all comes together, 
that would be the plan. And if not, then at least I'll be doing the march here in, uh, in, in Calgary. It's at the Harry Hayes building. I don't exactly have the schedule in front of me, but I know it's 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And is there two marches? Is that, is that um, what I read? I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. No. I just know it's 10 a.m. I know it's Mahmood that is organizing yeah, that's the Calgary. Right. That's right. So um, I think 10 a.m. And then they have some speakers and maybe they march a bit more. I'm not sure. Yeah. But okay. So you can go to that website too. I think there's a poster. That's there right. Actually, Calgary. I'll bring that one up again. And it is the uh, 1 million march for children got.com. I've got a little yeah. banner here. I'll just put that up here. And that's where you can go and get more information. And uh, so if I don't see you at the march mm-hmm. in Calgary, it's probably because I'm going to be in uh, in Vancouver. So no worries. No there worries. you go. So it, with that, uh, again, thank you so much, Tasha. Thank for you. Out. Thanks and, to everybody. Uh, definitely do this again. Mm-hmm. And uh, ag- again, if if people like what, what we're doing here uh, with the Alberta Prosperity Project and you want to get involved, please go to the albertaprosperityproject.com website and uh and there is a contact information and 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 just get involved and uh, and that's kind of what we always say is that people should be able to get involved and with that i will wrap it up and i will say good night everybody and uh have an amazing rest of your week and uh we'll see you sunday we'll see you sunday thanks